Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. We continue our quarantine interviews, and uh, today I am joined by Jake Lawler, the former defensive lineman and a guy that uh, has one of the most successful podcasts that I've seen from a current uh, college uh, athlete uh, in the Inside the Film Room podcast which is a fantastic one so we're going to talk to him about all that stuff but first of all Jake uh, how are you and your family doing I know uh, we're going through some some tough times here um, throughout the United States dealing with the COVID-19 virus so how's everybody holding up in your family yeah um, uh, first of all thank you for asking and thank you for having me on the show um, but first uh, um, you know my family's doing real well uh, my mother's a nurse so she's kind of like very hectic right now with everything that's going on but um, she's still healthy. My parents, my dad's still healthy. My brother's still healthy, and uh, my grandparents are staying indoors. So everything's been good up to this point. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, your mom is is always a person that I see. Uh, she's very supportive of everything we've been doing here as well. I actually, got to meet her in person the first time that I went out and scouted you. So uh, glad uh, to hear you. that she's doing okay. Um, so I mean, look, you know, I, I went and saw you out in high school. Uh, that was one of my favorite games that I ever scouted. Um, and you know, you got a chance to to play under a guy that uh, already played at Carolina in Rocky White. You know, th- he's a guy that's very well respected around these parts. Of course, now no longer coaching at South Mac High School, but um, is a guy that a lot of people, when you talk about the landscape of high school football in, in North Carolina, his name gets brought up a lot. You know, what was the best part of playing under him at the high school level? Yeah, I mean, Coach White was great. He really kind of introduced me to football. I didn't start playing ball until ninth grade, really. And he was the one that, you know, I guess he kind of saw the size that I had. He saw the potential that I had and kind of took me under his wing personally. And, um, you know, in our four years, we accomplished a lot together. And I'm, you know, always and forever thankful for him for kind of introducing me to the game and teaching me what it was to be a football player, to be a teammate, to do all these different things. And, you know, I'm definitely indebted to him. And I think that just going to Carolina after or being under his tutelage is just the natural next step. 
So, yeah, of course, you were uh, recruited by Larry Fedora and then also this past year got the opportunity to play under Mac Brown. You know, what was the main difference that you observed between the two coaching styles uh, of the two guys? Because, I mean, both guys had very successful styles, but what, what was the main difference that you observed? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think they were just different in their own respects in terms of, like, personality. I think that uh, Fedora was, you know, very intense and that worked really well um, for quite a bit during his career and I think that he just um, really understood what it took to win and you know same thing with Coach Brown I mean you know he's a true tried and true winner he's a Hall of Fame coach but I think that he was a little bit more kind of easy going and a little bit more um, able to kind of you know maneuver through different spaces both in the football world and um, as we've seen he's um, basically a public figure at this point so I think he's just done a better job of that as well so what, what were some of the best memories for you on the football field at Carolina? Because I know you were with the team for three years. And, uh, I mean, you, there's there's so many different, uh, you know, so much time that you spend with a lot of the guys. So are there any memories that stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, really it's just kind of hanging out with the guys. I think that, you know, being on a, on a, prof- or being on a collegiate team is something that's truly special. And, you know, people that have the opportunity to be on a part of it don't really forget it. Um, but I'd say like the last year under Coach Brown was great. I mean, you know, it was the most success that I had during the um, during kind of my tenure during my career, and I think it was uh, it was a lot of fun for a lot of different reasons. So I'm, I'm definitely thankful for Coach Brown and his staff coming in and kind of taking things in a better direction. And you know, I think it's only up from from here for those guys. Well, last summer you released a story on on your blog site about the mental health issues that you had been dealing with. Why did you feel that you needed to get the story out at, at that time? Was there a specific reason why you felt that was the time? And 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 what wh- what was the ultimate goal of, of getting that out there? Yeah, so I mean, I originally uh, wrote it as sort of a cathartic exercise just for me. I wasn't really going to post it. It was just kind of to get the words on paper. And then I realized, you know, me being an athlete, me being a collegiate athlete, and me being a black man, all of those things, and, you know, falling into that triad kind of would help a lot of different people and kind of get the word out that to help kind of destigmatize mental health, and especially in all three communities, and as much intersection and overlap as we see, um, I just felt that it was necessary for me to kind of be vulnerable, open up, and you know, show people that it is okay to feel these things and um, it's okay not to be okay. And the good news is, is that once you do get hope, once you do kind of talk with people that care about you, there are options where you can stay alive and you can be successful. And that's ultimately what I did. And, you know, my hope is that it helped other people do the same thing. Well, I'm extremely glad glad that you released it as somebody that um, has gone through some mental health issues of his own and, and is still working through those at times. Um, you know, I think that that seeing you come out with a story like that was extremely powerful because, um, yeah, like you said, you know, you're an athlete, you're a guy that has a little bit of pull, and even if it's just in the Carolina community, and, and to see that out there and to see that not only are just, you know, we dealing with it, but people that we look up to and, and see as kind of these invulnerable, you know, the, these invincible people and athletes are dealing with it as well. I, I thought that was amazing, and uh, that was one of my 
favorite things that that I'll remember about your time on campus with Carolina. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, man. Um, so, okay, let, let's turn to the film stuff because, um, you know, this is ultimately, you know, you're, you're set, you were or still are set to graduate in May. Um, you know, I, I, I hope that that ends up going through for you um, because after that, you know, you said that your goal is to head out and, and, and pursue a life in the film industry. What is that ultimate goal that you wish to accomplish? Because that was kind of a, a broad, you know, thing that, that everybody was kind of throwing out there. What is the specific goals that you're kind of looking to accomplish when you get out there? Yeah, so um, I would ultimately love kind of after however many years it takes to fall under sort of like the writer, director, producer triad, fall somewhere in there. I mean, I think that being able to open my own production company or be able to kind of helm the direction of different films and different stories that I've written or, you know, people close to me that have written good stories that I want to tell, I think that's where ultimately I'd like to end up. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Hopefully, uh, you do end up there. Now, you have the podcast uh, inside the film room, which you do uh, with Zach Goins, and um, you know, I, I that it's it's a great podcast. I love listening to you guys just break down everything. So, I have a couple of questions for you um, about uh, maybe some of the films because me and I, I, I've been discussing this with with uh, one of my buddies. He's been watching a lot of '80s films lately, so I wanted to get your take on some of these. Um, so. Okay, he watched The Breakfast Club, and I just don't really think that he got the what, what the movie is supposed to be about. What do you think about The Breakfast Club? Because I think it's it's a it's a very good movie. I'm not going to say it's on the elite level, but I think yeah. it's a very good movie. He disagrees and says that he thinks it's boring. He doesn't get the point of it. Where do you stand on The Breakfast Club? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that The Breakfast Club is really in the you know the John Hughes pantheon of great films. I think that. Um, the films that he made, especially with the realism they presented, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I think his narrative style is similar to Wes Anderson's in the sense that, like, it's these sort of whimsical experiences that happen with these different people, but there's a lot of real deep thematic elements that you can draw from it. I mean, really with Breakfast Club, I think it's really just about understanding who you are despite everybody, or despite perceptions of yourself and then understanding those perceptions and figuring out how to negate or overcome them and you know the breakfast club has always been well one of my favorite movies to revisit just because of how enjoyable it is well there was a guy that played played in the breakfast club emilio estevez who played in one Uh of my personal favorite movies uh which is the outsiders i think that it's probably ranked in the elite category because you're talking about just so many great guys i mean patrick swayze um you've got rob lowe in the movie tom cruise that's how you know it's a great movie tom cruise is a guy that is kind of just just there he's a secondary character in the movie that's how great of a movie it actually is would you put the outsiders in that elite category because anytime i see it on television i gotta sit down and watch it i actually have never seen it Really? So I'll definitely, yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. Yes, it is a phenomenal movie. Uh, it's based on a book wrote by uh, S.E. Hinton, who uh, okay, does you. a great job. It is a phenomenal film. Make sure you do go and check that out. And yes, I am saying it's in the elite category. I want to know <laughs> what you say on that one. Um and then we are also very big Marvel fans. Um, okay. The group of friends that I have, we have probably a controversial take, but I'm wondering what you think just of the Avengers films everybody wants to say that Endgame is the best Avengers film we disagree 
I believe it's either the first one or Infinity War. Which one do you think is the best of all of those movies? Um, I think it's always been Infinity War for me. I mean, I've always been sort of attracted to, um, which is you know kind of strange, but I've always been attracted to films with like incredible and compelling villains and villains that are kind of multi-layered and multifaceted and you know Thanos is really up there in terms of kind of the modern era of bringing that in um, you know he had a lot of substance he had a lot of depth and um, you know the movie was really his story and I think that anytime you have a movie that is so good but it's also so central to a new character and an antagonist Right. in a franchise where you know people have like deep attachments to these different characters and you can still make it compelling and engaging is something that is 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 difficult I think they achieved it so Infinity War has always been my favorite of the kind of Avengers films yeah no I, I, I agree I think yeah the first one I thought was just so phenomenal uh, because we, we saw so much of Robert Downey Jr. he ends up actually uh, basically saving saving the world in that one as well um, by, uh, of course, bringing the nuclear rocket up through the black hole or whatever they wanted to call that at the time. But uh, yeah, I, I, I thought uh, both of those movies, phenomenal. Endgame, I, I thought was good, but just a, a, a touch too long for me. And and not, an, I don't know, maybe not enough adventure or action for me considering everything else that had happened in the series. But uh, hey, man, thanks for stopping by, man. Man, this has been awesome. Um, really quick, I do want you go ahead and, and uh, get a plug in for, for the inside the film room so people can check that out. Oh yeah, you can find us anywhere uh, at Inside Film Room. Uh, we're at all different uh, anywhere you see the podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and uh, our social media is at Inside Film Room. All right, man. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, make sure that uh, you stay safe uh, during these strange and weird times that we're living in. And uh, who knows, maybe one day there'll be a movie about the coronavirus pandemic that we'll be on here talking about. But uh, yeah, you guys uh, all stay safe. Uh, tell your family I'm wishing them the best. Uh, one of my favorite families that uh, has been around Tario football in a while. So uh, you guys take care and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. All right, buddy? Gotcha. We'll do the same here. All right, man. All right, Jake Lawler. Oh, excuse me. Jake Lawler of the, uh, of course, formerly a, a Tar Heel defensive end. Uh, now, of course, as we talked about, he is going to head out to Los Angeles and pursue a film career. We wish him uh, the best with that. And, um, Guys, uh, this has been just an amazing series. We love talking to all these former players. Uh, I'm recording this uh, well before it's going to end up coming out because we're going to be spacing these out for you guys so that you know you don't have these stack up too quickly on you guys. And also so we can just take some time uh, while we're going through all of this to um, sort of give you something to look forward to each day or or, or, or every other, every couple of days. Um, so, you know, we're going to space them out. So uh, to the day that we're recording this, we're actually recording a bunch of other ones as well. Um, we're going to have guys like Anthony Ratliff-Williams stop by, Chris Kildorf, the former quarterback, stop by. Um, so we're, we're not only doing some of the more recent guys, we're also doing some of the older guys. So it's really cool. We're getting to talk to just so many great former Tar Heels and uh, this is just 
just been a great experience. But, uh, you know, if, if you guys want to listen to all of the other episodes, make sure you go back. There's plenty of great ones that you guys can listen to. Antonio James, Antonio Williams has stopped by, as well as C.J. Cotman. We heard from Deontay Williams. We heard from Tyler Powell, Jeremiah Clark. All of those are up there. Make sure that you go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And, and here's why we ask you to do that. If you rate and review the podcast, it'll put us up higher on some of the rankings. It'll get, a, get give people a chance to listen to the podcast more because it'll start to get up there in some of the, the, the statistical categories for places like Apple, Google Podcasts, all those kind of things. If you do that, you can help other Tar Heel fans find this podcast. And that's the ultimate goal. We're just wanting other Tar Heel fans to find it so that they can get in on the action, listen to these great interviews, listen to the great stuff we're going to have for you during the season um, and, and and all that. And then, uh, of course, you know we want to parlay that with the website, HeelToughBlog.com, because we've got so much great stuff up on there. Um, because, of course, as I said, we're recording these well in advance of when we're going to release them. I'm not going to go into specifics of what's on the website, but for football, we've got you covered everything. Uh, even in the offseason, we've got you covered with recruiting. We've got you covered with any of the team storylines that are coming out, uh, as well as the NFL draft stuff. So make sure that you guys, uh, by this time, go back and read the NFL draft stuff. Um, and of course, we're going to have you covered with everything in the 2020 season, whether it happens or not. We will have you covered um, throughout that entire time. Same thing on the basketball court. We've had you covered in the offseason. We went and did player reviews, so make sure you go and check that out. We had you covered or have you covered wherever this gets released with the NBA draft and what's going on with that. Um, we'll have you covered with all the, the tutorial guys that are entering the NBA draft and are leaving uh, and their chances of getting drafted. Uh, if they do get drafted, of course, we'll have that for you. And then uh, we'll, we'll also have uh, everything that you need when the team hits the court again for the 2020-21 season, one that we expect to be better than this past year. So make sure that you guys are following along with us, and we'll also have baseball coverage. That's going to be back next year. We started that this year. Unfortunately, the season, of course, got cut short. The good news is is that uh, all the seniors that were on the team last year, unless they're going to go on to play Major League Baseball, they are going to come back next year. Um, one of the guys that we probably expect will leave will be Aaron Sabato, but um, we'll have you covered with everything Tariel Baseball in 2021 whenever they take the diamond yet again. We're, of course, still looking for a full-time writer, so if you're interested, hit me up on Twitter at HTBAnthony or uh, in my mailbox, uh, anthony.pegnata at yahoo.com. You can check all that out and, and uh, make sure that uh, if you if you are interested, just uh, send me uh, the, the fact that you're interested and uh, we'll make sure to have a conversation with you, try to get you on to write some baseball for us next year. So want to thank Jake Lawler for stopping by and talking. Wish him the best um, in what should be an amazing career out in Los Angeles for him. Want to thank you guys for listening and as always, go Tar Heels!